Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, or welcome back if you are a returning listener. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, this weekend that I'm doing this recording happens to be a holiday weekend. It's the 4th of July holiday weekend. And I don't know about any of you guys, but I very much enjoy holiday weekends because you usually get at least an extra day to relax and hang out and do some fun stuff. And at the same time, it's a bit disconcerting, at least for me. I don't want to speak for you or anybody else, but sometimes I lose track of like, what day is it even today? It's like, what time is it? What am I supposed to be doing? I kind of lose my bearings a little bit on holiday weekends. But fortunately, um, I was able to get myself together enough to kind of get my notes together and come in and try to to do a few um, podcast recordings while I had the opportunity. I thought, based on some uh, conversations I've been in lately with various people and things I've noticed myself over the months and years, um, that it would be kind of cool to do a podcast on boundaries and social media. Haven't really done one on that before. And I thought it would probably be pretty applicable because social media has become just woven right into the fabric of our lives. Things that someone back in the 1960s or 70s or even really in the 80s would have thought was odd is normal for us now. I mean, we have regular conversations about terms like Facebook and Instagram. And also, I learned about Finsta. For those of you people that are probably older like me that didn't know what Finsta was, it's a fake Instagram account that uh, young people will uh, post so that their parents only see the good pictures. <laughs> so, <they're laughs> so their parents don't know what they're really up to. And so their parents, I guess, think they're, you know, doing all these wonderful things. And here's all these wonderful pictures. But that's just the the good side, you know, the side where they're following all the rules and doing all the things that they think their parents are, are encouraging them to do. So that's Finsta. Then you have Twitter. Then you have subtweeting with the Twitter accounts. Snapchat, YouTube, TikTok. I mean, you know, there's a few more. But we pretty much all know what these words are. They're just common in our language. And it really sort of goes along with our need to want instant information. Really, we want instant about everything. We don't like to wait anymore. And that, you know, that kind of goes back in a way to even like drive through restaurants. We're in a hurry. We don't want to even have to get out of our car. Just let me drive around the corner here, speak into the machine, tell you what I want, and I'm going to drive a few more feet, and I'm going to get it and give you my money, and I'm going to leave. 
We've got too much to do, too much going on to have to be bothered with getting out of our car and going in a restaurant and ordering anything. And we've all gotten used to this, just having things as quickly as possible without having to, to wait around. And social media gives us instant information. Back in the day, we would have to, to wait around until we were with a group of people to get the uh, what used to be called the scuttlebutt on what's going on with everybody, who's who's doing what with whom and where and why and how. And you would have to have phone conversations on phones that were attached to the wall <laughs> that had cords. And you would just have to wait. We have become a society where we don't like to delay our gratification. We kind of want what we want, and we want it right now. And social media really helps us along that line, for, for better or for worse. I mean, really, that, like anything, has pros and cons. Now, I got to thinking, there's really a few different groups. Um, and I came up with three, just in my mind. I'm sure someone could could come up with more. But I thought, okay, so we've got one group whose whole life seems to be dependent on social media. For example, the their number of followers, if they have a, a YouTube account, the number of subscribers that they have, the number of followers that they have, really seems to determine their value as a human being. If it's on Facebook or some such thing, how many times that they're liked, if it's on Instagram or if it's on Snapchat, how many times somebody likes the picture? How many times what you post is shared? In this group, these individuals pay a lot of attention to those statistics, those numbers, those things that are telling them how much everybody cares about them, what they're worth. Really, virtually, in this particular group, all social connection is via social media. So if you aren't almost constantly logged in, then you're going to be left at the train depot while all of your friends have departed. I mean, they'll know who's going and where they're going and why and what they're going to do when they get there and how they're going to go And meanwhile, you're sitting on the dilapidated depot bench eating a ham sandwich. Depriving this particular group of social media, I think, is tantamount to thrusting them into outer space without oxygen tanks. I mean, they don't really seem to know who they are without the virtually constant feedback from one or more of the social media sites. It's like a symbiotic relationship. They, they can't seem to exist without the feedback from social media. So that's, that's group number one. And again, uh, pros and cons with that, truthfully. I really see pros and cons in just about everything. So that's group number one. Group two, they use social media pretty regularly. They seem to do it for entertainment. You know, if they're bored, you know, they'll flip through, see who's posted what, you know, see if there's any kind of funny pictures or sayings out there. 
They use it to see maybe where their peers are vacationing. And they like to check on the latest photos of relatives and grandkids who might live 5,000 miles away. Now, this group may also post event announcements, um, things that are, you know, that they're doing, that they're hosting parties and things like that, and also catastrophic news, things that have happened to them that have just been traumatic and terrible. And they do it on social media because they can reach a lot of people quickly. And you can understand that. Gone are the days, really, of sending out individual invitations to parties, to get-togethers. You kind of have to be connected on social media to know that a party's happening, that where a lot of people are involved. And you might be invited, and you don't even know unless you're checking into your, like, Facebook account or that type of thing. And also it helps people when something really bad has happened, if there's been a death or something like that, it prevents them from having to tell the story over and over and over again. They can just post it once, describe it very clearly on social media, and then there's a lot of people that will be viewing that and reading that. And so then they can then receive quite a bit of support from others very quickly. And that seems like a pretty positive thing. So this particular group, group number two, that's how they use social media. Their, their self-worth is not really attached. They're not counting the number of followers. They're not constantly checking how many times their posts have been liked or shared or whatever. But they do use it fairly regularly. Now, group three is a much, much smaller group. <laughs> um, this group really doesn't even remember how to log in to their Facebook account. They might think TikTok is a clock repair store. Um, and they don't really have any interest where their neighbors have gone on vacation or what their niece ate for lunch or any interest in their dentist's latest TikTok dance moves. And as they listen to others converse about various social media information, they may feel left out, but they still kind of use social media much like, I guess, in my mind, how rock and roll was kind of viewed in the 1950s. Sort of this strange, odd thing that's, you know, will just go away quickly or something they don't really want to participate in. So that's kind of the basics of you know, what social media is, why it's such an issue, um, or not really an issue. Well, I'm getting ready to talk about the issue part, but the different groups, you know, how people kind of perceive social media and how they may or may not participate in it. Now, the issues, the frustrations in social media are real. So frequently people will hear about FOMO or fear of missing out. It's sort of like feeling as if everyone else, and and normally a term like that would be an exaggeration, but in this particular case, it's not, because this is truly how someone feels, that everyone else is going to know something that they don't know, that they're going to go somewhere that they haven't been, do something they haven't done. And it's not just with their friends, with personal relationships, 
this missing out, their fear they're going to miss out on something. And like I said earlier, sometimes that's somewhat legitimate. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, people will post announcements uh, for large gatherings um, or announcements of, of deaths. So there is something to this. You are going to miss out on stuff. But the whole FOMO thing has sort of become very large with social media. And like I said, it's not just with the people that you know. It's also some people are very attuned to different celebrities. They very much enjoy uh, what the celebrities are doing, whether it's acting or singing, and they, they like to follow them. With social media and with especially with Twitter and with YouTube as well, but you can feel as if you're very close to particular celebrities and reading their their tweets and such. This fear of missing out is like if this person isn't reading a celebrity's tweets on a regular basis, then something's going to happen to that person they're not going to know about. Um, And that's very bothersome to them. Also, uh, political issues. Uh, There are a lot of, and we'll we'll think about the president of the United States. President Trump uh, did that quite a bit, possibly more than he maybe should have. But I think it's normal for uh, the president of the United States to have a Twitter account. I think probably he or possibly she in the future, who knows, has a team of people that helps with what to post and how to word it and that kind of thing, or you would you would hope that that would happen. Anyway, so for people that are trying to stay in touch with uh, political comings and goings, what's going on with their political party, that kind of thing, they feel like if they're not fairly closely in tune on with social media, then they are going to miss out on something that's happening. Maybe certain um, parades that are being arranged or something like that, where a lot of people across the country and the world even are aware of and are going to participate in because of their involvement with social media. They don't want to miss out on that. And that's actually, that's kind of legitimate. I mean, you'd like to say the fear of missing out was just kind of irrational, but it's not really so much not with regard to social media anyway. Then you have the comparison trap where people post on social media, especially with pictures, and it does not represent many times what the actual experience was for that person. Um, they'll, they'll pick as anybody would. You know, they're going to pick the best of the best, and that's what they're going to post. And not just the picture itself, like what they're doing, where they are, the content of the picture, but it's also all of the editing that goes on, all of the lenses you can get. I've seen people post pictures of themselves in various situations, and I'm thinking, they don't even look like that in real life. I mean, they have used so much editing on themselves to make themselves look better that they it's almost like someone who's gone one or two steps too far with plastic surgery. It's kind of like you're, you're going, what, what is even going on? So what you're seeing posted isn't representative of reality a lot of the time. Despite the fact that we know that, we still feel like those people are better than we are. They're doing better than we are. They're going all these places, having all these great times, looking fantastic. And meanwhile, look at me in my life. And we get stuck 
in this comparison trap because social media, it represents something that isn't, in fact, reality-based much of the time. And so our sense of self, our sense of self-worth takes a hit because we're comparing ourselves to something that is not reality-based. Now, something else that happens that's a particular frustration on social media is manipulation and bullying. Now, you can think about different ages. You can think about uh, youth where there's um, bullying that's going on at school where multiple people will send manipulative and bullying messages to their junior high or high school peers. It seems like most of the time those types of stories are involved mostly in junior high, some in high school. You don't really hear much of it happening in college because at that point a lot of people have reached a maturity level where they're stopping that. But social media gives bullying just another crazy platform to jump on. People can do it from a distance. They can do it anonymously and sending these messages. And it it can be a really awful thing. I do know there have been uh, times where an individual has been bullied so badly on social media, they actually took their own life. It can be horrible. And you can get sort of a mob mentality thing going on. So that's kind of rough. It can be mild to rather severe. It can also be, you know, with family members um, where people are posting things on there to be manipulative. And it could be friends, it can be family members, it can be friends that are trying to communicate something in a passive aggressive manner rather than having a conversation or, or calling the person up or if they've tried to have the conversation but a boundary was set then sometimes the individual will go on social media and try to make manipulative and bullying comments on a post on social media. And this is frustrating. Um, That can get somebody in a position where they feel like they can't even post a picture or, you know, share something on social media without uh, a friend or family member coming on there and posting something manipulative or bullying about it. And so I got thinking about different different stories I've heard along these lines and about how boundaries, which you all know, especially the returning listeners uh, know that I talk about boundaries quite a bit, how that might play out in the world of social media. How can we protect ourselves in social media? And so as I got thinking about that, I thought, well, there's, there's several different options. Now, some people, they get so aggravated that they just shut down their profile totally. They just shut it out. They just go dark. But, you know, they end up missing a lot of the positive interaction that I had mentioned earlier because of the impact of the manipulator or the, the one who's being a bully to them. And that's not really fair for the person to have to miss everything because of the impact of someone who's posting manipulative or bullying things on their Facebook feed or whatever, or, you know, tweeting or 
anything like that, making comments on Instagram, etc. So another thing that can happen is that you could, if you wanted, um, if you didn't want to go dark totally, you could block or unfriend an individual or a group of people, depending on uh, what your situation is. Now, these individuals may not realize that you have blocked them or unfriended them uh, unless they try to view your profile, like on Facebook or some such thing, and they're blocked. Now, there's some people that are afraid of backlash, like if they decide to go this particular route and unfriend somebody or block somebody of the backlash that will happen. And I got to thinking about that, and that it felt a lot like how it feels when you say no, when you're setting a boundary with someone. And it's not uncommon for someone that hasn't had a lot of practice in setting boundaries. And so, therefore, those around them are not used to them saying no or setting boundaries. And so when someone begins to set a boundary and they start saying, no, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that, there is backlash. Because like I've said before, we basically train people how to treat us. We, do, we, we train them what to expect from us. And so if we've always been going along, going along and doing, doing whatever, and then we start saying no, then naturally there will be backlash. And it, it can be quite scary initially. And like I said, if, if people aren't uh, used to setting boundaries or if their boundaries weren't really respected, So if someone's in this particular case, they may need a therapist to kind of come alongside them and and walk them through this phase, identifying, you know, what are they specifically afraid of and how to address those fears. If someone is afraid of a backlash from a group of people or an individual, being able to talk that out with a therapist and explaining all of the dynamics is a wonderful opportunity for a bond to be made between the person and the therapist and to feel like they have understanding and to be able to work through that fear so that they can feel like they can make healthy choices for themselves based on what they feel like is healthy for them, not based on someone else's backlash or someone else's anger. Now, a third choice is that people can hide their posts or you can hide other people's posts from your feed so that they can still see what you're posting, but anything they post is omitted from your feed. And again, the terminology that I'm using, you know, obviously it's more of a Facebook kind of thing, but you can apply this to different platforms of social media where other people can see what you're doing, but you're blocking them from commenting. And as always, which choice to make is always dependent on the situation. Like, for example, if there was an influencer who was encouraging a mob of people to behave in dysfunctional ways with you, then you may want to know what's going on in order to defend yourself. That would be a very scary situation. However, another example might be an individual who continues to bully and manipulate you through your social media pages then you can block that person or persons. You can block those posts from showing up so that you don't see them. Now, 
most of these situations, they need to be addressed in a more direct manner. If there are issues between people that they're trying to play out on social media platform, and when you put something on social media, it's it's just playing at that for, for everyone. You know, you're putting a comment on someone's page or making a comment on a picture or something like that. You know that everyone else is going to be reading that too. And so it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic that's going on there. So if there's an issue that's going on, most of those times it needs to be addressed personally uh, with a phone call or a conversation. That would be a lot healthier to get that addressed. Another thing that's possible is kind of to disengage the comment section. So you can post what you want without having to deal with other people's critical, manipulative, or bullying comments about what you're posting. And I've actually read uh, several articles about people having to do this. And a lot of them, celebrities that, you know, everyone's kind of making a comment on everything they're doing. And so... Sometimes for them just to save their sanity, they block comments so they can feel like they can post what they want to post and they don't have to be constantly barraged with criticisms and manipulative and bullying uh, tactics. So the bottom line really is social media is not going away. So you can either go live in a cave or realize that you do have a right to set whatever boundaries that you want on your social media pages. It doesn't mean that other people are going to like it or understand the boundaries that you're setting or approve of them. But that's the same with any boundary setting, no matter what you're doing, whether it's on a social media platform or not. That's kind of the nature of setting boundaries is understanding that other people frequently will not understand what you're doing They will not accept what you're doing, and they will not approve of what you're doing, and they have a right to those feelings. Now, if you are frozen in fear of some kind of a retaliation for a boundary setting on a social media platform, then I would suggest seeking a therapist, like I mentioned earlier, so that you can process your fear and reach a stronger, healthier, emotional space. So I hope something in this episode has been helpful to you. If it has, speaking of social media and using it in a positive way, I would very much appreciate you posting, letting people know, sharing uh, on your social media platforms um, about Phoenix and Flame to encourage other people to tune in and and listen, and maybe they can get something that helps them in their lives as well. Share with other people. Tell your family and friends. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And this is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.